episode of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations for Modern Life. Hoping this uh, little few weeks since I recorded last episode, you've all enjoyed and digested the amazing interview with Dr. John D. Martini. Um, that was pretty damn amazing for me to do. I've had some really nice comments from people as well, and um, it's something that I myself have actually watched back over again. And you know, it re- the guy really is amazing at what he talks about. And I really would um, suggest like listening to that one a few times. Um, and thank you for those who have given me some positive feedback on it. Um, Please do always keep sending me messages and let me know that you're enjoying the episodes, whether it's that one or any others. And thank you as well for those who've actually given donations uh, to the show. If you do want to support the show and, and help things keep going, obviously I've talked about some of the reasons for doing that um, in a previous episode. Um, there is a link in the show notes to be able to make a donation. They're really, really appreciated. Also are your ratings and reviews. Remember, the more... Um, that you can do to sort of leave a comment on episodes on Spotify or leave a rating or give a review on iTunes, then the show is more likely to appear in other people's feeds and thus we can keep spreading the wisdom. Now, on with today's episode. We are on book four, passage 32. Consider, for example, the time of Vespasian. You will see everything the same. People marrying, having children, falling ill, dying, fighting, feasting, trading, farming, flattering, pushing, suspecting, plotting, praying for the death of others, grumbling at their lot, falling in love, storing up wealth, longing for councilships and kingships. And now that life of theirs is gone, vanished. Pass on again to the time of Trajan. Again, everything the same. That life too is dead. Similarly, look at the histories of other eras, and indeed whole nations, and see how many lives of striving met with a quick fall and resolution into the elements. Above all, review in your own mind those you have seen yourself in empty struggles, refusing to act in accord with their own natural constitution, to hold tight to it and find it sufficient. And in this context, you must remember that there is proportionate value in our attention to each action. So you will not lose heart if you devote no more time than they warrant to matters of less importance. Okay, for those of you who are interested, I've actually wrote a little document just charting some of the history um, and succession of emperors through from Nero to Marcus Aurelius, which obviously gives some some information on the time, therefore, of Vesapian and Trajan as well. So I will leave a link to that. It's on my website now, and I will leave a link to it in the show notes as well. Just, uh, it was, yeah, just fascinating for me to sort of delve into after I read this passage as well. And uh, I'm sure some of you may find it interesting as well. So do enjoy that. Um, But, uh, I will continue now get on with sort of dissecting this packet uh, passage package <laughs> so obviously what Marcus is talking about here is he's using history as an analogy to show that the the sort of mundane things in life if you like or the natural in, in a lot of respects natural human reactions to others and things that are going on in life don't really change obviously things may change throughout throughout history you know the the emperors may change buildings may change locations may change but the way people interact with each other all the things that we wish for the things that we grumble at and what have you tend to still be the same you know we are still humans ultimately and our mind still works the same way he then obviously goes on at the end 
to mention again, you know, the importance of valuing where you're applying your attention, your mind, folk making sure that your life is based around what is of value to you. Okay. And I will sort of like, yeah, talk, talk on this, um, a little bit with regards to, with regards to that aspect. So if you're interested in some of the history and stuff, even though it's not necessarily relevant to what market, the point Marx is making, go have a read of that article. You see, but sometimes it can be prudent to step back and examine the world as an observer. All of us may have had these burning dreams and ambitions, dreams that are often played up to in childhood. The child may be given a stethoscope if he wishes to be a doctor, um, or they may be given a tool belt if they wish to be a builder and such like. But as we enter our teenage years, we have values of others impressed on us more. Um, whilst there may be, of course, value concern like parents and teachers for a child's ability to earn a living in adulthood, we're too quick to, to be forced to realise that our dreams come second to what is within the values of the adults around us. And that's particularly our parents. And that's not for a fault of their own. It's a natural human reaction to give advice and what have you based on your own values. You know, we don't necessarily think, but does this work in line with that person's values? What's important to them? We, we do these things based on any time we are for advice and what have you. It's generally going to be based on what would be best for us in that situation, considering our previous experiences, our dreams, our ambitions, our psychology, as opposed to their own. And those childhood dreams, therefore, quickly die for so many of us in adolescence. And once a chosen career path um, is chosen in that age, um, which is still pre-adulthood, it then kind of needs to be seen through, doesn't it? You know, you, if you go on to do like an apprenticeship degree, it tends to follow on from what, what A-levels you chose or, you know, what college course you chose and what have you. Um and we kind of get, so we're, set, we're stuck in this path that we've, we've chosen early on. And, you know, often that will be influenced, that path will be influenced by those around us. You know, we're often encouraged by our parents to follow a similar path to what they may have taken. Often encouraged into the same career, maybe, or a career that may have been a dream of theirs, being able to follow, for them to be able to follow themselves. You know, I don't get me wrong, I think everything serves you right. Now, maybe the quality of my podcast, and I know sometimes when I've edited videos or TikTok, I'm using a lot of the stuff that was very sort of normal and easy for me to. To, to do based on my um, degree, which I got first degree in audio music technology. The thing was, I may have, um, in, in some, some respects, you know, may have been better off not even going to uni. I mean, obviously with what I do now, potentially could have done a degree. Um, obviously went into fitness, but that was something I started studying after. So, you know, it could have been a sports science degree. Maybe that would have taken away from the stuff that I learned. Maybe doing a psychology degree, um, would have taken away from some of the principles that I've, you know, learned and teach because I know a lot of like psychotherapists and stuff actually, you know, do sort of see issues with some of the stuff that they're taught now. But. Yeah, just going back to that, the reason I went to uni was actually largely because of the impressed value of doing so um, that was impressed on me from my my, my mother. Um, you know, I was the first one in the family to go to university. It's so common now, right? Like most people my age, certainly in this country, tend to go. But, you know, um, it wasn't always the case. So that was a really high value, much higher, um, you know, for my mum my than say it would be now. 
So that's, you know, an interesting thought about values as well. Um, humans will naturally express their own values on others without considering that their desire for such career and the perception of it being the best course of being the best course is based on their own likes and dislikes, their own unique experiences and thus their values rather than yours. And where does this all lead? There are, of course, many who are doing what they love, who've adapted or known their calling at a young age. But those you see having fun, say, on a night out uh, at weekends, are they happy? Often they are, of course. But in many cases, they may be in need of a great high at the weekend because they do not feel a state of love and gratitude through the week for what they're doing. Just consider all those who live the entire day doing something of which they do not love and what and to what ends their achievement. Yes, it may well have been fair, you know, meant for a family to survive and, and you know they're fulfilling that. But does that family thrive if they're not? And what do they leave behind? If one's going to do a job each day which they do not love, they will not be producing great work. Great work comes from those who are inspired to be doing what they are. Consider that time then spent most of their entire days doing a job that they do not enjoy and the effects that has in turn. Is that, is that how to live life, spending most of the hours we're alive doing something we don't want to do? That lack of love experience during those days leads to the body um, desiring homeostasis, right? So thus that weekend arrives and they're seeking short-term pleasures, whether that is, like I say, the nights out of weekends or even in the evenings, um, you know, like sitting in front of the TV and what have you, or at work, they're discussing what plans, are, you know, it comes to Tuesday and they're looking forward to the weekend and discussing what plans are doing at the weekend and what have you. Um, or even, you know, coming back in the evening and indulging in food, like bad food that gives that short-term pleasure, alcohol, TV. It's the lack of love and fulfillment that causes the brain to seek these dopamine inducers as the hit of dopamine is the opposite to what they've been experiencing throughout the working day. As I said, the body is trying to um, regain homeostasis. Life is quickly fettered away with work and the seeking of pleasures to get through that work. Each evening gives enough respite to get through the next day. Each weekend gives enough respite to face another week. And each holiday gives a respite to get through the next six months whilst already planning that next holiday. And notice I say six months there because it used to, would have said a year previously, but people seem to go on holiday more frequently now. Is that, is that related to our increased stress in day-to-day living? This is also where the midlife crisis comes from. The asking, what is it all for? You may have become successful in business. You may have followed in your parents' footsteps and become a doctor too. But if it were not your own dream to be doing what you're doing, it is natural to look for these pleasures elsewhere. This comes from the high of the sports car, which then dies off and a bigger house is sought after or even a yacht because we ask, what is it all for? But does that bring happiness? No, it brings a temporary pleasure that comes with an equal low when the high or that novelty is worn off, hence the desire for the next high. The need for these short-term pleasures can be avoided by finding your own calling in life, your mission to do good, and that causes you to thrive by ensuring your vocation is also your vacation. Guys, 
Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And I'll see you next time.